Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. All right, welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I am your host, Dr. Barry Peer, your favorite board-certified internist, founder of drbarrypierre.com, as well as the CEO of Pierre Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself for better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, affirmation, and education. This week, we have a special guest, Dr. Kimberly Jackson, who is the founder of Physicians Working Together and also the founder and creator of National Physicians Week. And this episode was such an amazing one because we really got down to the nitty gritty on the importance of physicians working together bonding together for the greater good. And as a, uh, I guess, a new young physician, I, I, like, I like to call myself, understanding when I first got out of residency, the need for physicians to work together because everything seemed to be weighted against us, right? I was going into a field where we were no longer revered as the physician, but more as just another person in this cog of healthcare, which is crazy to me because the 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 lights in the building don't work if the physicians aren't there. So it was such a refreshing conversation to have with Dr. Jackson on why she felt she needed to start physicians working together, the importance of physician camaraderie, and the thing I love, mentorship, and how we can't just really look at other physicians, but we need to start thinking about our residents as well as our medical students. So like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review. Uh, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and tell a friend, tell five friends uh, to check out this week's episode. All right, welcome to another episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified internist, host of Medicine Mondays, uh, Real Physician Reacts, you know, that comes out on uh, Thursday evenings, and we have an amazing special guest for you today, Uh, one that, um, you know, we were actually supposed to touch base much earlier uh, within our Lunch and Learn uh, journey, but I was just so glad to be able to kind of wrap up and uh, touch base order. I'm going to give a little bit of her bio because it's not really going to do her justice. I'm obviously going to let her introduce herself. Uh, Dr. Kimberly Jackson is a board-certified physician. She's the founder of Physicians Working Together. Uh, Dr. Jackson is also the founder of National Physicians Week, which if you're a physician, you know about National Physicians Week because all of the hospitals and offices, you know, they dress it up like so it's a really, really, really big deal um, that recognizes the dedication, sacrifice and triumph of physicians across the board. Dr. Jackson, first of all, thank you for uh, taking the time out. I, I say this all my guests, but thank you for taking the time out uh, to really kind of bless the lunch learning community with some, some amazing wisdom that we're excited to hear today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So um, for those who, again, this is especially the maybe first time watching me, first time watching you, who is Dr. Jackson? Just so we can kind of get our ball rolling so they can kind of understand how much of a, you know, a, a, a you know, a, a force that we're, we're talking to right now today. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, I wouldn't describe myself as a force. Yes. <laughs> um, you're, I guess, local family doc. I am, like I said, board certified in family medicine. I'm originally from Mississippi, practicing in Alabama. Um, I do have a passion for taking care of patients as well as our communities and just making sure physicians have a voice. I went to University of Mississippi for my medical school. I did residency in Columbus, Georgia, where I finished as chief resident in 2006 and went into 
employment and then branched out into private practice or independent practices it's called now. And just while I was doing all of that, I was just realizing that as physicians, we don't have that connection that we used to have. And it's a lot of burnout and unfortunately, you know, physician loss of life and patients don't understand what we do as well. So I just felt there was a need for us to do a better job if we could to be able to connect with each other as well as with our patients and communities. So and I love what you're doing and I'm you know, excited to be here because what you're doing is what we're about as well. It's just educating the public as well as being mentors to our medical students, our future physicians. So sorry to break your concentration. I know you're probably knee deep into today's episode, but do not forget, check out our Lunch and Learn community store, shop.drbarrypierre.com. Remember to use the code EMPOWER10 and make sure you are leaving us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. And you know what I, what I love about, you know, what, what you're doing is I think a lot of people could be content, right? Especially in, in, in our sphere, could be content, really just kind of taking care of patients. Like, you know, go in, do what they do, content, go home, their day is done and they're doing a fine job. And it always <laughs> takes a special person to say like, yes, I can do that. But I recognize there's some holes in, in, in what I'm doing. And, and there's some issues and concerns, and you kind of mentioned, especially when we talk about physician burnout, when we talk about physician suicide, um, you know, a topic that really does not get the fanfare uh, that it really needs to be, especially in the mainstream of things. But you decided, like, you know, I'm going to not only step out and continue doing what I do on this side here, but I want to step out and try to answer this call. Well, like, what was it about you know, kind of what you were seeing as far as just, you know, more of our colleagues just kind of burning out, colleagues pass, you know, I even passed away, you know, committing suicide. Right. What was right. it that that drove you that said like, oh, I, I need to do something more like I could do like, again, I'm great. Like I like I would be an excellent clinician just doing independent practice. But like I need to do some more to kind of help out our colleagues. Correct. So I have this thing and I like to say it to my teens and even to young adults and other people, you know, I hate the phrase I can do bad by myself. I feel like I can do well by myself. I can do good by myself. If you want to use the phrase, but I in my life, they can help me do better. But I also want to make sure I make life better. And so for me, one of the driving factors that, that prompted me to start physicians working together was the loss of a dear friend. And a lot of people want yeah. to read some of my stories and things like that. Um, Valerie, she was a mother of five and she was a pediatrician and, um, we hit it off. We went to a board review course and, you know, we kept in touch with each other. We were seeing how things were going, but as life goes, you know, you get a little busy. So I came back to residency. She went back to what she was working on and she was working on passing her board to continue to, um, her medical career. A lot of people don't realize that if we don't pass these boards, we don't get these certification. You can go as far as you want to go, right. In medicine and you can be stopped by a test, right? So... Oh, you, you, yeah, you talking about that's, 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 that's a that's a whole other topic there. Um, <laughs> but regarding the story with Valerie, we kept in touch for a little while, and then one day I got a call from her husband, and she hung herself. And I, mm. you know, I can't dwell on it because we won't be able to finish this interview because uh. it, it, it's really heartbreaking. And for me, I was like, you always have that feeling of why didn't I call? Why didn't I reach out? And he was even saying he told her like, you know, Valerie, reach out to Kim. You know, just just talk to her, let her know what you're going on. We, we prayed, it got to that point. We get busy, um, and so that was a, a major factor for why I wanted to start this group. And then the other issue was a patient issue that when there was the start of the retail clinics, a lot of people don't realize that you know there wasn't always CVS Minute clinics or you know Walmart having a mm-hmm. clinic. There's usually just a time where it was just basically your doctor and 
the hospital, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so if, yeah. you, if you couldn't get in your doctor, you pretty much should go to the hospital. So the next step was the urgent cares. And so when that first started, one started in our backyard here in Columbus. And the crazy thing was we already had hospitals. We had, you know, clinics, valley, um, different um, federally qualified health centers. It was just so many different ways that patients could get care. So I just didn't really feel like, why do we need that? Right. And then I found out that it was staffed by nurse practitioners and no physician on site. And I had a patient that came to me that wanted to continue to you know, have my services, but they were basically requiring her to go to this center without a physician on site or she was going to have to pay like $400 or something. So first, when she told me that, I will be honest, when she said, I can't see you, Dr. Jackson, because of the cost. So I was like, my investigative skills was like, really? Is that really the cost? You know, is that right. what occurred? Did she not, you know, did something happen? Is she unhappy? So I was telling my nurse, I was like, hey, let's find out really what's going on, because I've never heard of her urgent care being, you know, at a Walmart here in our area. And so when we did our research, we discovered, no, it was true. There was like one of three in the nation at that time. They started the urgent care. And my thing was, I just felt so heartbroken for the patient. Now, we do try to work with patients that, you know, have to see us on a network or are self-pay. But at that time, you know, that didn't even really crossed my mind. I was just thinking this is $400 for this lady if she wants to see me versus she have to pay, you know, her regular copay of $30 or whatever it is to go see this clinic. But this clinic didn't have a, you know, primary care relationship with her. And she felt like she didn't have a voice. I felt like we were shocked. I talked to several physicians in the area. We were doing... We were doing calls and conferences and things and we were meeting at the library, you know, and at that time, just like Mm -hmm. trying to be, you know, mom and a doctor and all these things and meeting people in the library every Saturday. It wasn't even the same doctors every Saturday. So I was trying to like get everything started, get everything together. And somebody was like, hey, why don't you start a Facebook group? Um, So it was really those two main issues is physician loss of life, physician suicide, and just this patient education and just wanting to be an advocate for them and speak for them. That's why I started Physicians Working Together. And it gives people the virtual like physician lounge. Because you remember those back in the day, you had a physician yes. lounge, you like run into everybody, you can talk yep. and catch them, we don't have that anymore. Um, and so I was like, how don't we take this like and utilize social media to be able to connect with each other, but also to be able to join together so we can educate our patients, let them know that we care for them. So that really was what it was the start for that. It was just a heart issue of just wanting to be there for my brother and sister in medicine. And I really would love for us to never have to have the loss of life with Valerie for her to have felt so alone and to, you know, take her life. And then that impacted, you know, her family, her friends, her communities. And yeah. it's approximately 400 physician suicides a year. And it's just people aren't aware of that. And it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And then you talk about the other part of patients just not feeling that they're heard and they can see their doctor and feeling like, you know, we are in it for the money or in it for these things yes. because our voices aren't heard as well. So I wanted Definitely. us to have a platform that physicians could be able to share their stories and we can kind of be that positive PR for docs so they can say, hey, we do care about you. It's not just about whatever the media right. is putting out there right. or whatever stories and movies that you see. Um, there's a real person behind that. And we take our oath seriously because we don't, we don't want to do any harm. So. It's a it's a hard issue for why I do this. It was so was so, you know, it's so profound, especially for what you're doing. And, and again, I don't think people even realize that even though where this where like physicians where this force that's out everywhere you look, you see an office. But for the most part, we're very individualized. Like we are really not as together like as you would think we we should. Okay. We, well, let me take it back as we should be. We oh, should definitely. definitely be walking hand and in, in foot together. But unfortunately, and I don't know if it's just with training and after we get out of training, it, it's something happens where you just kind of just kind of go. 
on your right. own and you're just you're you're a silo you're a silo you're a silo you're a, and then everyone just kind of individually kind of collectively doing their own thing which is right. never you know good right especially when and you kind of mentioned it when you, you start seeing this kind of devaluing of what a physician is devaluing our profession to the point where you know a business right can come out and say like oh i'll just you know, I'll put a nurse practitioner. They don't even have to be physician led because clearly they could be able to do the same exact job as the physician. <laughs> and and, yeah. and then it takes people and it takes people like you to be able to say like, all right, some, something is not, not right. But more importantly, and I obviously I love it. Right. The fact that you lie social media is like, hey, we got to get folks together. Right. Like we, we right, can't exactly. just sit by and and. And, and allow this to occur without having a voice. And, I, and I've and i always talked about this before. Again, I'm, I'm at a residency uh, going on, like six years now. Um, and I always say, yeah, I know, I know. That's how, <laughs> and I always, I always tell my colleagues, I'm like, you know, we have to like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like that same person. I'm like, we gotta, like, gotta get together. We can't let this happen. Like, how are we gonna? And, and it just, it always seems like I always seem crazy uh, by wanting to get together and speaking in one voice, because I understand that when we speak in one voice, we're so much more powerful than in the individual, especially as, as a, I'm a hospital physician. So I understand that if I go with my own personal grief to my boss, like, yeah, they, something may move. But if all six of us go and say, this is our issue, what are you going to do about our issue? All of a sudden, like the needle uh, moves much, much further uh, along so it and was 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 that a transition like trying to get docs on social media like it's obviously it sounds oh much it easier is, now but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds much easier now because like that's the norm but like that's especially at a, like do. yeah a few several years back so to speak to your first point I think that a lot of our division and separation started of course even in medical school like you have you know talk about the gunners you talk about the folks that want to you know be the head of the class the folks that want to get all the attention and then, you know, and then specialties, there's different hierarchies of specialties, like, oh, you know, that's a, a neurosurgeon and, oh, you're just pediatric, mm-hmm. you know? And so we have this thing that we start even in our training where we start separating and dividing and having these opinions about our own brothers and sisters in medicine, just depending on what their specialty is. And then you can throw in other things about ethnicity and location and your outpatient or your inpatient. And like someone said, it's like herding cats in a sense. Um, but I think sometimes we can do better with cats. But I think for the most part, if we realize that we're stronger together and we can get more things accomplished, like you said, and we have a unified voice, it's 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 just so much more powerful. And what's hurt us as physicians is the fact we don't have that camaraderie, right? That we let them divide us and we have these different groups. Now, to be honest, it's not just all our fault because there are situations where you talk about politics or you talk about um, reimbursements. Um, so even for instance, if you have say a specialist that's more, you know, highly more reimbursed than say a primary care physician, the reality is neither one of those persons set those rules. So we need to look at the powers that be that create the issue versus saying, Hey, we think the cardiologist needs to make less and, you know, primary care needs to make more. Yes. The reality could be true, but then it's the infighting. And then you don't have the um, desire to want to work together because you think like someone's coming for you. And it's oh, not yes. us against Ooh, each other. Yes, it's, it should be us in a sense against them. And so I remind a lot of my colleagues, when you hear the nurses union, it's the nurses union. It's not usually the pediatric nurses, the cardiology nurses. Mm-hmm. They have a unified voice. It's the nurses union. 
they have Johnson and Johnson making their commercials saying, you know, well, we love our nurses. You know, when was the last time we saw, we love our doctors. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and so I'm like, if we could look at the big picture and understand we're not going to agree on everything, but if we could focus on the things we do agree on, that we focus on that the patient should be the center of healthcare, that, you know, our oath is to do no harm. We want to make sure we're there for each other. We don't want to have any more physician loss. What are ways we can make sure that we're able to take care of our families, ourselves and our communities and not lose our, you know, ability to lead in medicine. And just focus on some main issues and come together and realize that, like I say, our voices are better where we're together, we're more unified, we'll mm-hmm. go a lot further. But we let sometimes some issues that maybe shouldn't be the forefront of issues separate us. And we don't realize that we're powerful. And they love that. So they just play oh, yeah. on it, you know, over and over <laughs> again. And it gets us all the time. And so trying to get that message out. And I, it's funny because I've been to some conferences and <laughs> they'll make little things or say stuff and they'll be like, oh, Kim Jackson, are you with PWT? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, you're the good group, you know? So I'm like, I'm glad we have that reputation. Yeah, that we're not about like being catty. We're about being professional, but we're also about encouraging each other and being there and listening to um, what persons are going through so they don't, so they don't feel alone. And you're right, we are utilizing social media and it is a little easier. I do have, of course, you know, some docs, several docs that don't use um, Facebook or they're not on Instagram. And so we are on, we have a website. We are working on ways to have those avenues available for them. When we do a newsletter, so we can best, you know, you know, still reach people via email. But I, what I've discovered as well is if you reach out to even these persons that aren't on Facebook and you're having like an event, we've had physician um, and patient healthcare town halls. We've had um, physician appreciation weeks. Those persons will come on. They'll support you. Just have to meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. So it works in both ways. And so we are utilizing that and we are building our platform and our followers on IG and, um, you know, Twitter and stuff like that. And I'm going to be honest, that's not really my strong um, <laughs> my strong point either. I know it is important. So I try to do what I can. Um, but you also can just get persons that can help you do that and just get that message out. So you can make sure that okay. your voice is in all of those areas so it can be heard. It can make the impact that you need. But you're right. I mean, physician camaraderie, we have to come together. I think we have to reach persons and we have they have to see a need for it because I have some docs that are like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm, y'all young people, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll, let y'all, I'll let y'all have it. Yes, exactly. And then you have, you know, Young docs, of course, in residency in place, they just like they don't have the time for it. So you do have to reach back and support them because, you know, in some cases they may not. And you just want to make sure what their concerns are heard. So that's one of the things we want to work on as well. We talk about medical students. We talk about practicing docs. We want to make sure we don't leave out our residents to let them know that we're here for them and that they can let us know what they need. And we can um, give them the resources and the support that they need to be successful and also just to be happy in medicine. That's, I mean, that's what it's about. We don't want to be a miserable group of people. I mean, what we do is so extremely important and we have to be well ourselves to be able to take care of others. So helping physicians helps patients is one of the things we said as well. Definitely. So how how do you stress the importance, especially, especially within our, within our group of no, not only reaching now, but really the ask reaching back, right? Like that aspect right. of mentorship, right, to the resident, to the medical student, to understand why what you're doing today is going to be so important. Like you can't just put it off to the time you become an attending. Like, no, you have to start kind of being a- as active in your approach, even at the level that you're at. So I think one of the first things I try to do personally is model what I say. So I will tell persons, you know, yes, I'm busy. I'm in private practice. I do a lot, but I try to make sure that I invite medical students into my practice and make sure that I'm able to be an attending for them. 
And even for like pre-med and going to some of the schools for career days to let them know, you know, what a physician is, what are things you need to do in order to be a physician so they'll understand and know that they have a avenue to get more information about the process. And when you tell your colleagues that you're doing that, and particularly ones that may be in your field or know what you do, they're like, oh, if you're busy, you can do that. Well, maybe I can do it as well. The other thing you can do mm. is bird stocks that are doing it, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just kind of putting it out there. You may utilize social media for that. I actually have some posts I need to put out with some med students I've um, mentored. And then, um, so using social media, so they'll see that, hey, you can do this. And this is a way you can let medical students know that you're open to precepting them as well as other physicians know that you're doing this. But just talking to them where they are and just saying, hey, you know, how busy are you? What's going on? What things would you like to know? And you were a medical student. Oh, I wish I would have known about, you know, student loans. Or I wish I would. Well, you have the mm-hmm. opportunity to share this with the future generation so they may not be in the same situation as you. And it doesn't have to be something that, say, takes a whole lot of time. Yeah, you can be a preceptor and invite them into your clinic. But it may be simply recording a message or giving pointers to a group or someone that's doing it so they can make sure your voice is heard when you're sharing this information with the community and with medical students. So I try to just meet people where they are, see if they're interested in being a mentor or advocate, see what ways and how much time they have available and tell them the importance is, like I said before, you want to make sure you have good docs at the point where you need a doctor. Um, But the other thing is these person is going to take care of your family members. They're going to be taking care of your community. So you want to make sure that we're taking the time and the effort that we do go backwards, like you say, or just pay it forward in a sense that we create and help, you know, our future physicians. So Hopefully they'll hear that message. And one of the things we do as well is we have an annual medical student scholarship. So we let them share their stories as well. And so you'll be hearing more about that as well. We're in our fourth year of that. And we've had four medical students that have won. And so they can share their stories and say how, you know, the scholarship has impacted them as well as how having a group like physicians working together has helped them achieve their goals and help them not go alone. And I think when persons can see that the benefit and the results of their efforts, that also kind of empowers people's encouragement to say, you know what, I, I like to participate in that. I can actually see the students Definitely. that you're touching, that you're helping. And so that's something we want to put out there more for them to hear these young people's stories. And it's, it's just exciting and empowering. And we're excited that we're able to touch their lives and to help them on their goal to be a physician. When, when you first started Physicians Working Together, did you see yourself getting to a point yeah. where where one you would have your own week like when you would like right. like which is crazy in and of itself I'm, I'm not even sure how right. that went down but like did you ever see yourself especially when you first started out doing those virtual meetings and getting to the point now of kind of where you at no so so national physicians week the funny thing about that is um Hollis Ivory, she's actually the founder of physicians mom group we were just talking about how there's a lack of positive attention for physicians, right? And a lack of appreciation. And those mm-hmm. kind of things really affect you day to day when you're always getting the bad stuff and people are complaining, but nobody just takes the time to say thank you. And we were like, and the crazy thing about it is um, there's doctor's day that now is so diluted that like, it's so weird. Like in a lot of hospitals for doctor's day, they want to give everybody something. It may be social workers and maybe nurses. And they feel weird about, you know, just doing doctors. But then we have nurses week or social workers week they were totally ignored to doctors. They don't care. Nurses so week, like, yeah. uh, national laboratory week. Yeah, every Exactly. National like, <laughs> nurse practitioner week, PA week. I mean, they have no problem lauding them. Mm-hmm. And so I was just thinking one day and I was like, you know what? Maybe to make it easier, instead of one saying doctor's day, we had physician's day. And I was like, you know what? Why don't we do a day? Why don't we have a week? So I just thought of the idea. I was talking over her. She started off with... Um, National Women's Physicians Day. And so she did that for a day, which was on the birthday of Elizabeth Blackwell, February 3rd. 
And I said, well, you know what? I think the easiest thing to do is just to make it the week of doctor's day and add another day. And that was really my thought. And my thought process was if they missed us on doctor's day on the 30th, we have the 31st to get it right. So we did it from March 25th to the 31st. We started it small and then we petitioned um, national day calendar. And that was with my friend, Dr. Marion Mass. And we came and and they accepted it. And they were like, you know what? This is a cool holiday. We'll put it on our calendar. And it's been there. And so we're just getting more and more places to recognize it. And we just use it as a week mainly, even though it's about, say, physicians. And, you know, for most of the weeks that you have, you're like lauding them and maybe prizes and gifts and things like that. But for the most part, with our week, we're still using it as an opportunity to educate the public that we love what we do and we're here for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to connect with our colleagues. And so what we've done even locally, we've had during that week is a physician appreciation dinner. And for this dinner, we try to make sure as much as we can. Yeah, we try to make sure that it doesn't have, say, a lot of, um, say, pharmaceutical influence and things like that. Because we want it to be a night where you can come out with yourself or your significant other and nobody's selling anything to you. And what we've done locally, we would give red carnations because that's the flower for Doctor's Day. And we give you a meal and just have you kind of share with each other and bond and talk and it'd be really cool and as a matter of fact i've had um, a couple colleagues that told me before like thank you so much for these events you've done i've met doctors that i never met before i'd send mm-hmm. them referrals and things like that and i never knew you know put a face with a name and we're yep. still friends to this day and so we haven't had one for the last couple of um times due to COVID. so last year we we're going to have it in texas previously we've had it Phoenix City, Alabama. We've had it on um, Columbus, Georgia, and we've also had it in Atlanta. Um, oh. And it was amazing. And we were just going to expand it and do more places and just love on docs and let them know we appreciate them. And just we wanted it to be more of a, say, local, regional, or national, you know, um, experience. So we took that from National Physicians Week and we had, you know, Physician Appreciation Day. And like I say, people loved it. It was really nice. And they just felt appreciated and they, they felt seen and heard. And when you have, you know, happy, healthy docs, you're going to have happy, healthy patients. And so Ooh, we want to I love, to I love that. that. I love that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what we want. So we want to expand it and have persons be able to um, appreciate their doc. And so for myself, even with doctors that, that were taking care of me and my family, I took them like an edible arrangement or I would just, you know, give them a call or just send something. And it just, it just makes a world of difference and they really appreciate it. And you just want to say, hey, I appreciate what you do and I see you. And it's you know, important you know, that you, what you do. What I love about that is that, and again, I think a lot of people don't realize it. Like I, and I, I jokingly, but not jokingly told people the first time I I felt like recognized in a huge kind of national scale position is when the pandemic hit. And right. everyone was like, everyone was like, oh, we love the healthcare workers. We love our frontline workers. All of a sudden, like restaurants were giving me discounts. All this, like all the, like, like as if I just became a healthcare worker, like, and like, oh, hey, you know, give, if you're a healthcare worker, give this person a discount. Hey, if you're a healthcare worker, let them come in early and shop. And I'm like, oh, this is what it's. This is what it's this like. This is what it's like to feel appreciated, right? <laughs> exactly. It, it took a whole pandemic that killed like hundreds of thousands of people to realize, yeah. oh, you know what? Doctors actually may be important and yeah. uh, maybe we should appreciate them. Maybe we should appreciate um, them. Yeah, which is which is sad, which is sad. And uh, so like right when you said, I was like, oh, yeah, you, you're so right. Because like it, it literally never it literally never felt like we were appreciated in what we did as a profession until the whole world stopped and the only profession that was going to get them out, right, were the physicians and the scientists, but especially the physicians. Like it was, it was just one of those, 
eye-opening experiences. Like I, I joke because a lot of my family are in the military. And so, you know, they they, they get discounts everywhere, right? My, oh my, 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 father, my father-in-law is always asking, hey, you got a military discount here? Is there a military? Like there's always a discount for them. And, and like, how come, how come there's no doctor this guy? Like, how can I can say, Hey, I'm a physician. Like, is there any, like, I, I could I never know. say that. And, and until the pandemic hit and then all of a sudden everyone was throwing out discounts left and right. Um, interesting enough, now that it's not like the pandemic is going away, but outside open up again, you don't even hear the fanfare uh, associated no, with those discounts. We've already adjusted back. Exactly. Exactly. And of course we do want to give, you know, shout out to our veterans. All jokes aside, we appreciate them. We still yes, have Veterans yes. Day. And we appreciate our nurses and all those other <laughs> healthcare team members. Um, you know, because even as a physician, you got to be careful what you say because then the videos playing again and like, oh my God, Dr. Barry, Dr. Jackson, we're yes. <laughs> veterans and nurses or something. Um, so of course we appreciate them as well and we know that it's important but it was nice to have even that moment sometime where people were like oh wow you know what thank you for you know thank you for your service thank you for what you do we appreciate yes. it you're on the front line and you're right as things have kind of eased off a little that has eased off as well but it did show i think some people remember you know just what we do is important yep there's a science behind it there's a heart the heart behind it and you know you can have all the money in the world but if you don't have health if you're not healthy you can't enjoy it no matter what is the point exactly we need to make sure that we value ourselves as well and we need to you know and it's just a journey that i'm working on as well have compassion for myself um realize i'm not perfect but i do the best i can i try to show what i um believe how i care for patients care for patients yes and just reaching out to our colleagues and being there for them too i mean sometimes now challenge my um physician friends, like, hey, you know, call a colleague, someone you hadn't talked to in a while, text them, call them and say, you know, how are you doing? You know, how's it going? How's your family? And just let them know because, you know, we're humans. And I think sometimes that doesn't come out in a lot of things that, you know, physicians are humans. And yeah, we appreciate doing this time period where you're like, hey, we appreciate healthcare workers. Thank you for what you do. Like, thanks. It's someone saw us um, for a while versus, you know, you feel like you're working these shifts and these hours and People yep. may be mad at you. They got these reviews about how is the temperature in the parking lot and the spaces and how was my food and like I don't have anything to do with that. But I, but right, I kept right. you alive. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's just a, a way, and that's one of the things we try to do as well. We have opportunities with our videos and uh, interaction with the public to say, hey, let me show you another side of medicine, so you'll be aware of the sacrifices and things we do, but also the fact that we love what we do as well. So what is what's next for for Dr. Jackson? What's next for physicians working together? Um, and especially because we have a lot of healthcare colleagues, physicians who kind of watch and listen to, um, you know, the, this episode. Um, how how can they get in touch with the organization with you? Like what's what, what's 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 our details there? Yes, we're excited about this part for sure. So first of all, if you're on Facebook, definitely look us up. Um, physicians working together in the group is only physicians and medical students, maybe a couple of bad men that aren't safe physicians, but physicians and medical students. And you just answer the questions to get added. And then we have two websites is physiciansworkingtogether.org and then besttogether.org. So check us out there. You can sign up for our newsletter. If you want to just sign up for the newsletter, you don't want to participate in the Facebook group, that's totally fine as well. We're definitely looking for members that are willing to roll up their seeds and be active. And this could be if you want to be a mentor for medical students, if you want to reach out for our residencies, please let us know. That's one of our next phases that we're doing to really go out into that area and create these mentorship teams in different places and regions and be able to continue that. And even if it's virtual meetings that we want to do, let them know more and more about our medical student scholarships. We're also looking for opportunities to obtain grants. So if folks have 
connections that can help us do the things that we're doing for our communities, for our medical students, please let us know. And of course, if they want to donate, absolutely. Besttogether.org slash donate is an option yes. for them as well. Yes. We're literally looking to see if we can get, even if to talk about members of different specialties, we can have kind of our go-to experts because sometimes we will be contacted for different things that will talk about um, problems or issues and stuff that's happening in the community. So we'd love to have that roster to be able to say, hey, we have this person or that person. If you're interested in being on the board, you can contact us as well. So persons that are interested in healthcare, in their patient um, safety and care, in our physician camaraderie, and the fact that we want to show each other that, hey, you're not alone in medicine. And that's one of the things we have on our website. Um, you're not alone, doc, that we are here for you. We can support you if you need to, whether it's call us, email us, um, Facebook Messenger, we can do all of those things and connect with you. And also we can connect you with, a lot of times we've been able to connect people with different persons in different areas. Like, hey, I'm looking for a place that may be looking for a med student rotation. I'm looking for someone that's hiring. I'm looking for someone that may be able to give me some information or insight about um, opening up my own practice. So we're really excited about that because we have come with this town hall kind of um, flavor about us where we can connect people even if we're not doing the issues ourselves. So, and that's what it is. You work smarter versus harder and you make these connections and we collaborate to show them that we care. So join us. We're going to be, like I said, reaching out to residents, more stuff with medical students. And then we still want to, of course, make sure our practicing physicians um, get those resources. And a lot of times that's in the group. People would put questions out there or we'll go to different conferences, whether it's in D.C. so we can speak to legislators because that's something PWT has done as well. Speak previously to AMA president, went to several town halls and also events at D.C. before the pandemic. And just let them know that we have a group of docs that are interested in making sure that they and their patients' voices are heard. So anyone interested in any of those things, please contact us. And even for the email, physiciansworkingtogether at gmail.com is how folks can reach us. I love it. And remember, uh, Lunchline Community members, all, all the links, descriptions will definitely be in the show notes as well. So if you're like awesome. driving, watching, like whatever you're doing, right, exactly. and you have time, it'll, it'll be in the description as well. Dr. Jackson. Thank you for and for, for several things. Um, thank you for one recognizing that we have an issue, and you kind of mentioned it of uh, just kind of being alone. And unfortunately, being alone in a society where decisions are made against you because you're an individual, because you're alone, is a problem. So you recognize we need to get together, and we need to get together in force, and then make our voice heard. So thank you for being able to kind of step out. Uh, I always say out of the clinic, step out out of the clinic and and do more. Uh, And I I hope uh, that you continue to bless, continue to motivate, continue to push people right to want to be better, especially as physicians. um, We can't be content with, you know, our, our salaries and uh, regular life, like that, that, that can't happen uh, because right. what happens is the world happens around us. And then we're just left to like, Hey, how come they didn't include us at the table? Like people are eating at the table. People are getting seconds at the table. Right. And not even know, allowing us even to get our table. first, right. right. They're not even letting right. us get the first, I can't even get my first plate. Right. Because someone else is whipping around for the second one. So uh, much appreciate all that you do and uh, wish you in all your endeavors. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm slacking myself. Um, I'm going to make sure, especially by the time uh, our Lunch and Learn community members listen to this, that I'm a member of Physician Working Together as well. Because, again, it's your ideals and what you preach is something that like that that's what drives me like how can like i've already quote unquote made it so question is how can i make sure 
how can I make sure that everyone behind me um, and, and that I'm leaving the profession better than when I first came in? Like that's 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 always my goal. Right. Like, how can I make sure I'm doing I'm doing what I need to do there? So again, thank you for uh, taking the time out and blessing Lunch Learn community, uh, and you know, and continue to do the hard work that you're doing. I, I greatly appreciate it. I mean, one of my personal favorite sayings is I am blessed to be a blessing. And I think that's like the core of what I do, that I want to make sure that I'm helping people get to their goals. I want them to be happy and healthy. I want to make sure that what God entrusts me with, that it's entrusted well, and that he is, you know, we don't get too preachy, most like say, but basically he's pleased with what I do with the gifts and talents that he gives me. And I just want as a um, family physician that people will see that my efforts go beyond the exam room to ensure mm-hmm. that patients remain at the center Absolutely. of healthcare. And I'm truly dedicated to impacting the healthcare system so that my generation will leave behind. And it's up to us to use the social platform and outlets like yours, Dr. Barry, um, to convey messages that inform and empower patients to take better control of their health. And also for us to look out for our brother and sister medicine so they know they're not alone. Yes. Thank so you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board certified internist. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, and more importantly, share this to at least two of the five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today. Again, so appreciative of all you guys' support. See you guys next week.